I think this is all super timely because I'm in the middle of pivoting. It's only slightly, but like repositioning my service offering from being about teaching marketing to being about teaching communications. And so technical audit seems like the first step to go to fix the the broken links. I know for a fact I don't have titles and descriptions on most of my pages because it's just never something I even thought about. Well, hello, and welcome to season two of the Simple and Smart SEO Show, the podcast for solopreneurs, service providers, and e-commerce sellers who want to learn the basics of SEO in all the places it shows up. I'm Crystal Wydell. I help Shopify store owners go from feeling like an SEO zero to your very own SEO hero in just one day using AI, UX, other tech ninja moves. And I'm Brittany Herzberg, SEO and case study copywriter, helping service providers increase sales without being on 24-7 using the power of SEO, story, and social proof. We're just a couple of business besties who love learning and sharing what we've learned. As we show you how simple and smart SEO can be. So what are we waiting for? Let's jump in. Hello and welcome back to the Simple and Smart SEO Show. Crystal and I are here with a good friend of mine, Angie. And I can say that she's a good friend of mine because Crystal just met her this morning. I have been in Angie's world for a while. I have been on her show twice. She's freaking amazing. And (laughs) the tables are turned today. We don't have any questions. Angie's going to be asking us questions. So say hi, ladies. Hi, ladies. Hello. I knew one of you was going to do that. So Angie, what do you help people with right now? What problem does somebody have right now where you're like, oh, I solved that? I'm able to help people see where they've got holes in the leaky bucket, right? I think most problems with businesses come down to one of three things. They don't have a process, they don't have the right people, or they don't know how to talk to their people, or they have a profit problem. And so I often joke that I am a C3PO that can help you figure out the people, the profits, and the process. And I have become, and I think it's because I'm a little bit ADHD and don't always read social cues very well. Like my idea of reading a social cue is I have told a fun story that I think is incredible. And I watch people's faces go and they go, oh, crap, I just said something not great. What did I say? How do I backpedal this? So I've had to do a lot of like examination of interpersonal dynamics like nonverbal cues and studied things like that and realized that like I made communication a lot harder. Then it has to be. And I think a lot of us do, especially in this age of communicating virtually. And so I've come up with a lot of strategies to help you genuinely build a connection with someone, to have a hard conversation when you're disappointed with someone, to get clarity from clients or from colleagues and coworkers when you're struggling to get something done and you need somebody else to move before you can. And what do you do if they don't move? strategies like that. So I really like to help people figure out those three aspects of their business. How can I communicate better? How can I introduce more revenue streams? How can I systematize this to where it's, heaven forbid, fun to run this business? <laughs> I'm so excited for this. Yeah, you have yes. one question, B. Oh, that's before right. she asks her questions, you got to ask your question. I, I do have one question. And I'll let Angie explain the angle of all the questions and stuff. So before we dive in and become the interviewees, Angie, How do you define or what do you think of when you think of SEO? And there are no dumb answers. Yeah. Like I know the technical definition, search engine optimization and all of that stuff. And it's probably because of the context around how I cut my teeth in marketing and stuff like that. But when I first entered marketing, it was in a group of some less than shady operators who were like, yes, this is the latest black hat strategy. And gaming the system never felt good to me. Plus, there seemed to be a lot of technical mumbo jumbo and back in headers and stuff involved. This is Zelda. 
Um, because I'm tech phobic. If I can't figure out this technology within five to 10 seconds, I'm frustrated and going to burn it down. So it's just always been something I've avoided because I took the tack of I don't write for spiders, for search engine crawlers. I write for people. Mm -hmm. And if it's not good enough for the search engines to find me, then I'm just going to cross my arms and go, screw you, Google, which is not (laughs) all I got for you. So what are you asking us about today? What should people expect? What's going to happen? Is that interpretation of SEO actually correct? Is there another way that I should be looking at this and a reason that I should not be like going, no, I'm scared to look at the back end of my stuff. You want to take it first or you want me to take it first? Sure, I can take a stab at this one. And again, be said, everybody's interpretation of what it means is it's just the, based on your experience, right? How I would reposition it for people who are listening is that as the world moves forward, people need to be able to find your business. A lot, Lots of times in the past, people in olden days, people had shops on Main Street, people would walk by. Then we had the telephone yellow pages. People would go on the yellow pages and look for different businesses. I love that. My dad brought that one up. And now SEO just functions as that yellow page listing. And if you're not listed, if you don't have a strategy to make yourself available to people they're not going to be able to find you. That's where I come from with SEO. And again, I like to say that you can be your own SEO superhero. This is not something that you have to have a lot of money or a huge business or just insider information that is really tough to get to be able to be successful with SEO. You just simply have to understand what keywords you want to win, what you want people to search for and find you so that you can sell them or help them or whatever it is you're trying to do. So that's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) But I have a slightly different take on it because I feel like something that comes up a lot is being intentional. It's a value I have with it's come up in other guest interviews. And if you're being intentional with who you help, how you help them and sharing that information, one, you're going to have an SEO strategy because you're gifted one, whether or not you intentionally create one. And that SEO strategy is probably going to be at least like 80% of the way there because you're talking to your people in at least in a way. It may have jargon in there. And if it has jargon in there, that could be a bad, could be a good thing. It just depends. But you're going to have an SEO strategy and it'll be most of the way there. So you've got something working for you, but having an understanding of SEO and what's going on and how you can up level is just going to make it be much that much more better. It's interesting. It sounds related to something I've said because, you know, my skills in kind of communications and team management and process development and stuff like that. It's just naturally how I think. And I usually tell people you have a process or a system. You just may not have it written down. And so to me, that sounds similar. Like you have SEO on your site already. You just probably don't have a strategy like that. They're already crawling. They're already trying to find you, but you haven't figured out the right keywords maybe yet or the, I don't know, frequency, something like that. Oh, go ahead, B. I was just going to say the reason I know that and the reason I talk about that is because I am self-taught with SEO. And I did Mm. that because Crystal was talking about it. My boyfriend was talking about it. Other people were talking about it. I was on Clubhouse with Crystal and like people were saying this word and I was like, dang it, it sounds so scary and so expensive. Let Mm -hmm. me just see, because I'm a tourist, let me just see if I could figure this thing out on my own. So I did. And when I went diving at that time, I only had my massage practice and I started figuring out, okay, I'm ranking for these terms. Do I want to continue ranking for these terms? This is where I'm showing up. These are the things that people are searching for and how they're landing on my site. 
do I want to continue with that? Do I want to change? Do I want to go for this, go for that, add that, subtract that? And then I learned how to go about that. But yeah, Crystal had her hand up. <laughs> and SEO is so interesting. One of my friends, Whitney, who listens to the podcast, she talks about how it's like a game. You know, mm-hmm. like SEO really is like a game. Once you start playing, you're like, hey, and there's different ways that you can win. Because first you find out about keywords and you're like, oh, crap, I could align like words on the page and remove pronouns and words like it and put like the name of the thing instead of it. And then when somebody's searching for that particular word, my page is going to pop up. Oh, that's crazy. That's just like (laughs) brain blowing stuff, right? And so you start there and then you realize, oh, crap. This page is getting getting indexed in Google and people are visiting it. And I can actually put a link from this page to another page and get people to go see that other page, which is actually maybe a money page. And <laughs> somebody might buy something from there. It's oh my gosh, mind blown again. So it's like you start discovering all of these ways that make winning easier. I think it's at that point that it becomes fun and less overwhelming because you're like, oh, there is a method to this madness that is SEO. And I can do it. I can do it yeah, for myself. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or even if I pay somebody else to do it, I can understand what they're doing. Right. I can have an expectation of what they should do so that our business can be more successful. Yeah. I do love that. I do a lot of business coaching and that kind of drives me nuts about some folks. I admit that I'm tech phobic, but I also want a basic understanding of it, that I know how to do things or what should be happening and I'm not exactly. snowed over, yeah. <laughs> so to speak. It's interesting because you mentioned that it was like a game and I thought that was fascinating. And I wrote down, set it and forget it. Cause I'm one of those that like it, it popped into my head that optimization is a one time thing. It's an ongoing thing that kind of makes me feel overwhelmed. It doesn't have to be overwhelming and really hard, but okay. I know Crystal has thoughts too. I also want to let you know that my free three-day challenge is back. So if you want to join the Supercharger SEO three-day challenge, it is June 4th, 5th, and 6th. And you can register for free at crystalwidell.com forward slash supercharge. So hope to see you inside the challenge. Okay, let's just talk about a tool that you could use called Uber Suggest. Okay. okay. So the best way to approach something like this is by actually running some sort of SEO audit tool on your website because Mm -hmm. there's different types of SEO. And so some types of SEO are going to be on on on-page SEO and like content optimization and that type of stuff. But there's something called technical SEO that's really the foundation of all of your SEO. And that's Mm -hmm. something that it's like painting your house. So you're not going to be like, oh, I painted my house last week and now I need to repaint it because the paint fell off. You know what I mean? Unless it's really bad paint, it's not supposed to work that way. Yeah. If you do it correctly, it's not something that you're going to have to go back and revisit often. You can set it and forget it. But those awesome. types of technical things are fixing broken links. Mm. If you've got a link on a page that's leading to another page that does not exist anymore, you need to remove that link. And then once you remove that link, you have now removed that error and you don't have to worry about it anymore. Another thing that comes up in SEO audits as the top issue for every person I've helped so far is a low word count, like thin content on different pages. And I'm coming from a world of e-commerce. So this happens a lot, like with product listings. A lot of people are like, I can't write a 10,000 word blog post for an 
e-commerce product listing. But really, all you need is 300 words. And these words include everything that's on the page, from your menu titles to the notes in the footer to the, the actual text that describes your product. So all you need is 300 words per page and Google's going to get off your back about you having thin content. It looks as that page is someone's put some effort in here. So those, awesome. those are just a couple examples of technical issues that you can fix that then can take your page score from maybe like a 50 or 60 on-page SEO score to even 100. I've got my clients to 100 on their mm. SEO page scores. To me, technical SEO is not something that we have to settle for a low score on. Right. We can mm -hmm. own that, get it to 100, and then we can focus on the ongoing issues of new blog posts and on-page SEO moving forward. But technical SEO, you do it right the first time, you can set it and forget it. So go ahead, B. And I like that. I'm really glad that you brought that up because that's just brilliant. And those are easy fixes. They're low-hanging fruit like we like to talk about. For me... Thinking about like on-page SEO and things that are ongoing, the very easiest, like simplest thing that I like reminding clients of is that you're going to continue helping clients or helping students or whatever it may be, customers, if you're an e-commerce business, you're going to continue, I hope, getting testimonials and reviews. Mm -hmm. And guess what? You can go and add those things to different pages. Google and other search engines want to know where the party's at. They want to know who is staying on top of things, who actually seems to know what they're talking about and know what they're helping clients with. And that minimal activity, it seems so simple, but I've had that equal success for myself and my clients. I may not have time to go over and write a blog post one, two, three, four times a month with my ambitious goal, which I have not hit this year. But, and what I can do is go change my headline Maybe I'm like slightly shifting in my business and instead of helping, actually, this is a perfect example. Instead of just helping health and wellness providers, I'm saying service providers. So I can go and change that on my media page, on my home page, on my about page and beyond. So yeah, just think through what are those simple little things you can add, changing button copy, making sure that you have the right link in there, just like Crystal was saying. So yeah, there's some small things that you can do on a somewhat regular basis where Google and other search engines are going to go, oh, okay, so there's something happening over there. What is it? Yeah, that's fascinating. I'm like looking at my list of questions too. Okay, this is just how my brain works. So you're going to have to roll with it. I wrote keyword stuffing in articles and backlinks. Oh my, <laughs> it's not really <laughs> so a question. True. But it's a lot of the words, like the buzzwords that I hear floating around in this space. And I want to, I don't want to ask you like, what even is all of that? But maybe what even is all of that? Let me go first. <laughs> okay. So my short answer is get surfer SEO. Surfer you know, SEO. If, if content is something that you want to get serious about and not have a major headache over, it's, a, it's an investment. It's like 50 bucks a month or something like that. But what surfer does for you is it does the keyword research and all of the work that you need to do in terms of understanding whether an article will rank for a specific keyword or a keyword topic cluster. It does all of that work for you. It tells you how many words the article should be. It tells you how many pictures the article should have to rank. It tells you the other articles that are ranking for that particular keyword. So you can go check them out, take a look at them. Because when you are attempting to rank for a particular keyword, let's say like for me, I wanted to rank for wooden letter A's. You know, I wanted to be the person that people go to get a wooden letter A. I need to go look at Google and see what is already ranking for wooden letter A. Is that the right keyword that I actually want to win? And then if it is, 
what does everybody else have that they're already ranking for? Surfer bundles this all up into a beautiful package where all of that research is done for you. And then as you start writing your article, Surfer will tell you, hey, you need to use this particular word this many times so that you don't keyword stuff. Here are some other keywords that you also need to use because this is what Google or other search engines are looking for when they are looking at an article that ranks for this particular word. So all of those aspects of research and like word count, blah, blah, all this stuff, all of that is answered for you. Now, multimedia is not something that Surfer yet supports, but if you have a video, it always makes sense to put it in and link to it, right? But Get Surfer. It'll save you a lot of time and trouble. It'll answer all of your questions and questions you didn't even know you had. You'll find answers to and you'll be like, oh, this is so much easier than I thought. (laughs) The other thing I was going to add is that we love defining these terms. So you could ask us or you could go check out the two episodes we have that are called dictionary episodes, which I've already added the links that'll go in the show notes. And as terms come up, as things come up, whether you hear us say them on the show or you hear it in like a networking event or you see it online somewhere, DM us or send us an email, something like that. Let us know. And then we can add that to a dictionary episode part three, which we're currently collecting terms for. So we love answering these things. We love sharing this information with people. And we definitely already have those two episodes. So let us know what we can do for the third. Awesome. All right. You talked about it a little bit earlier with the different tools, but like, how do you figure out what it is that gets people to find you? Where do you even start with that? You want me to do it? I love recommending that you go talk to your people. Ask them when they first show up in your world. How did you find me? How did we meet? That's my new favorite way to ask that is like, how did we meet? Some people will tell me I searched for, oh gosh, someone had a good one recently. I don't know. I'm just going to make it up because I can't remember the term. But she said, I searched in my podcast player, I think it's Apple podcast, for technical SEO. And our show showed up. And then she came to me and wanted to work together. You can ask that. You could maybe get a response like, oh, send me your way. I love asking them like what it is that they want my help to do. So what's their desire? But I always love going to the source and asking my people because they're going to have they're going to have the non-jargony way to tell you what it is they were looking for. And then you can please keep that organized. I know it's hard, but just throw it in a Google Doc or throw it in a Google Sheet or throw it in a note if you have a MacBook like I do. Just keep track of it in a semi-organized fashion so that you can go back to that when you're trying to do keyword research or even when you're writing copy for whatever. Yeah, I was going to say from an SEO perspective, asking someone who may not know much about what you do is a good question because we said the non-jargony way of saying things is the SEO keyword that you're looking for. Yeah. And for example, I make giant photo collages and giant wooden letters over at collagenwood.com. And one of the things that I realized is that most people aren't searching collage letters or something fancy like that. They're searching for pictures on wood or specifically gifts for boyfriend or photo gifts for boyfriend or something like that. So once you start looking for those keywords and you find something like that, again, it's going to be like a light bulb goes off and you're going to recognize it. You're going to say, that's the thing that people call my thing. And then once you type that in, you're going to see a whole bunch of other words come up and phrases and different things. And you're like, oh my gosh, I never would have thought of calling it that. But it makes sense as you see people do that. 
And then obviously there are tools available, like keywords everywhere, 10 bucks for 100,000 searches. So it's going to help you find related keywords. There's Keyword Surfer. So those are like Google Chrome extensions that you can put in that help you find keywords related to what you're searching for. They'll show you how many times people are searching it and that type of information, which really helps you as you create an SEO strategy for yourself. I totally forgot too that I love using just Google. If you just Mm -hmm. use Google and start to understand the results page and how to actually read the results page, it's mind-blowing and it's free. One thing that Crystal does a good job talking about a lot is search intent. At the very least, type in whatever the keyword or key phrase is that you think it might be, scroll down the page. An easy example for me is when I had my massage practice open, it's not going anywhere. It's just not open at the moment, people. I had a course, an Instagram marketing course for massage therapists. It's a very different search term and a place that I'm going to show up for my peers versus this person has a headache and wants it to go away and they're looking for a massage therapist. So just take a peek down the page. Is this going to attract your peers? Is this going to attract your clients? Just think through, is this actually where you want to show up? Is that where your people are going to be? That's such a fascinating differentiation. And I feel like that came up at a at an event that I was at last week where this person was a copywriter and they were attracting more copywriters to their trainings than clients. And we had a little bit of a discussion about, okay, there might be some overthinking here because... We just got to adjust the con, turn it on its side a little bit this way, and you'll be talking to clients instead of copywriters. So that's fascinating to me how interrelated like the SEO strategy and the content strategy are. Yeah. And just real quick on Instagram, I had this happen when I very first started my private Instagram account when I wanted to start teaching people about SEO, even though I didn't know it was SEO that I wanted to teach people about. But as I started talking about content, again, who am I attracting? Social media managers and all sorts of other people in that world. The benefit of that, if you are an entrepreneur feeling a little lonely and you're trying to make friends and build your network and that type of thing, that's a great way to build your network. Yeah. Yes. Not the best way to find customers, (laughs) but it's a great way to build your network. I definitely wanted to throw that caveat in there. Mm -hmm. I love that too. And I'm a big proponent of your network is a great place to find potential clients and customers Mm -hmm. because we covered that right before the show where you were like, this is not a sweary show. Spoiler alert, my show is a sweary show. <laughs> like people that don't get along with my brand of kick behinds, rantiness might get along with Brittany and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And you also have like referrals in there too. So even if you're building your network and maybe you don't, hey, there's a joke with all of my friends that I have too many business friends already and I don't need to make any more business friends. However, there's some awesome people out there. So yes. I, just, I like having awesome people around. And guess what? It comes in handy when, like yesterday, my very first client and a really good friend, I'm writing copy for her and she's, okay, I had this web designer, but I don't know that I want this web designer for this new project. Do you have anyone that works in WordPress? And I was like, hold on, let me consult my digital Rolodex. And I found someone who had helped Leah, actually, our podcast producer for the private podcast. And I was like, I know her work is good. She happens to be in the same state as this client, but here you go. Thank you.
When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Awesome. I love how that stuff works out too. Yeah. Yeah. There's room for all of us. Build that network, kids. Another question that I had, and this is, I haven't explored it on other search engines. Chrome is my main bay there, but I've noticed this happening lately. There's a preponderance of rec showing up as like the top recommended thing that there's 50 sponsored ads before you get to the real results. And I can't, I wish I could remember the specific thing. Oh, I was looking, it's going to be so random. I was looking for, is there a reason why I hate cucumber? Like there is a reason for people that hate cilantro. There's a specific genetic thing that makes people hate cilantro. And I was like, everybody teases me for my hatred of cucumber, but I hate it. I don't like the smell. I don't like the taste. It is I like pickles, but not cucumbers. <laughs> and so I was just really curious about, is there some sort of like genetic predisposition that means that certain people don't like this? And the paragraph that it pulled, that featured result thing that it pulls out up front, was very useful. So I click into the article to go read it. And the rest of it was just unrelated garbage that I was like, okay, I wanted to learn more about this, but the rest of this article doesn't speak to this at all. Why is this the top result? I don't understand. I don't know what the question is there, but I've noticed that. Yeah, I can't explain it for everything, but the reason why it showed up as a top result is because it answered your question. Mm. It provided the solution or the answer to whatever it was that you typed into the search bar. And that essentially answered the question, yet it didn't answer the follow-up questions that you had that you're saying, I wanted to learn more and that type of stuff. Now, when you think about searching for information on the internet, and especially with the rise of AI-generated content, you're going to experience probably more of this in the future than you ever have because it's just going to be a lot of very generic content yeah. created around these search queries because what's the what's behind all of it at the end? It's ad dollars. It's revenue. People are yeah. trying to get the click so that they can show their ads on there. And that's one of those things I've never enjoyed about reading blogs in the past anyway, like recipes. It's like, good grief, just give me the recipe. <laughs> I do not want all this other stuff. Not to mention that virus that you just gave me. But I think that's just going to be the challenge of the future is really finding the thing that is quality that, mm -hmm. that continues to answer your question. But I think that's the reason why it showed up because it answered your initial question and that's about all it did. Yeah. Well, it did send me down an interesting rabbit hole where apparently, so I also hate melon and apparently those two things are correlated. Oh. Like something about the watery content and the texture or something like that is just but there was a lot of that and i found that interesting and reassuring that, is, that i wasn't yeah. the only one yeah and i think it comes back to the, the idea that like okay if you have a follow-up question rather than maybe going into that article especially if you click in the article and you're like this is garbage just going back and then re-entering your question to get mm. a better answer for that next question yeah, that almost seems what's happening with AI, because I work with a lot of folks in marketing and copywriting that are paranoid about it. And I keep saying, I think the big flaw with AI is still going to be people. 
A whole bunch of people that think that they can outsource to AI are about to find out that they suck at giving feedback. Yeah, and prompting. They do. Yeah. Yeah. And I've talked about this on the show before. I have several, more than one client where the client has been given AI-generated copy and there was not a person who went back to edit it or to look through it or proofread or whatever we want to call it. So it it read like AI copywriting and it just makes me like giant face palm. Could you please care for 10 minutes and just go back yeah. and make it like look a little bit prettier? That's just, that's all I'm asking for. But I also think that there was an update last year with Google for helpful content. It was the helpful content update. We did a podcast on it. And really what that is all about is making sure that the content you put out is actually helping the people do the thing they want to do. As a business owner, if you are going to think about putting out content, think through all the different things, all the different steps that someone is going to be like, what are their list of questions? Use it as your headlines, walk them through this process, whatever Mm. it may be, your 10 tips for whatever, your process for this, your case study, whatever it may be. Just make sure that it is helpful. Love it. That's fantastic. What does it look like to do an SEO overhaul of a site? I know that's an abstract since so many sites are different. You got single pagers, you got 500 pagers and stuff like that. But if I was thinking about doing an overhaul of my, what does that even look like? How does that start? No, I love this question. So (laughs) I think the first thing that we talked about earlier is just doing an SEO audit because you've got to fix those technical details. And that will also help give you an idea of what your site is already being known for, the SEO strategy that you already created unbeknownst to you. (laughs) And so you can decide, okay, do I want to stick with it or no? And then the other thing is you can export a list of your pages from most SEO audits. And I always say, give every page a job. So if you know what you want to be known for, and let's just say it's SEO copywriting or whatever then that means that one page of your website, the slug, the piece after the backslash or forward slash, whichever, you know, way you look at it. (laughs) Yeah, you want it to say something about SEO-copywriter. And then another related keyword for another page could be something like SEO-tips for copywriting or whatever. But you want all of these slugs, all of these URLs, to point to that thing that you want to be known for and give every page a job and give every page an opportunity to be found mm-hmm. by someone who's looking for what you sell. And so then, so that's the first thing I would do is I'd run an SEO audit. Number two is I would get, give every page a job. And then number three, I would attack that thing with content and I would find, okay, if I want to be known for SEO copywriter, I'm going to put that into Surfer. And I'm going to choose the top five to 10 articles or whatever that support this thing that I want to be known for. And I'm going to write those articles and I'm going to add links between the articles. I'm going to add links from the articles to my services. And I'm going to show Google, I'm going to train Google how to crawl my site as they're looking for an SEO copywriter to recommend to someone searching for me. And so those are that those are the three steps that I would do. SEO audit, give every page a job, and then make a content plan that supports the site. I like your okay. three. And my three are very similar. This is what I actually did with my website when I was going from massage therapy 100% on the website to copywriting 100% on the website. I 
updated my SEO titles and meta descriptions because one thing that we find with the SEO audits a lot of times is there's either no SEO title and meta description or there are duplicate SEO titles and meta descriptions. So if you find that you're not doing anything wrong, often what happens is I duplicated a services page or I duplicated a blog and it just copied over all that information. But once you know the keywords that you want to rank for and you have somewhat of a strategy and to Crystal's point, what you what job each page has, if you can take this back to optimize those pages with an updated SEO title and meta description, you can also then keep that in mind as you're rolling forward and you just know exactly what goes where and how to do it. The other thing that I did was I updated my image titles. This is a bit of a pain in the tush, but it's totally worth it because I now have images that rank in Google searches that get me found by people. And my clients have actually seen this stuff and they're like, oh my gosh, you were over here in the images. I'm like, I know, it's really cool. So what you have to do is, and I actually have a freebie and I think Crystal has a freebie for e-com people about what to do with on-page SEO, but with titles for images, before you bring the image into your website, you want to up- update the title there and then bring it mm. into your website. So I might've had IMG 3456, but I updated it to Brittany-Hersberg-SEO-Copywriter. And then I pulled the picture in and that's been working very well for me. And also don't forget the alt text there, not only for people who are visually impaired, like my friend Robbie, and I always like giving a shout out to Robbie, but for just, it's an SEO opportunity. It's a place that you can have keywords. And lastly, my third thing would be with the content, definitely hit it with content because that's going to be, again, training Google who you are, who you help, how you help them, what's the party that's happening over on your corner of the website. So To recap, update the SEO titles and meta descriptions, and then keep that in mind as you are moving forward. Update your image titles outside of your website. Pull those new images with the updated titles and alt text into your website, and then hit it with content. Awesome. This all sounds fascinating and slightly bit overwhelming. One step at a time. Yes. That's right. I always have to remind myself that because I think systems and steps and stuff like that, these projects balloon in my head fairly quickly related to that. What's a quick win that I could do to get started today? And that's what I was going to say. The quick win is technical (laughs) SEO, is running an audit and seeing what's going on your website. Because if you have a broken link that you can fix today just by removing the link or the hyper, the color of the text and just saying this, just removing the link and making it all the same color. So it's just a paragraph or whatever. That is a quick win. Because think about it this way. If Google comes to your site, and sees a bunch of broken links, they're going to think this is a site that doesn't really pay attention to the user experience. This is a site that doesn't really take itself very seriously. And therefore, we're going to take it less seriously. And the more error Mm -hmm. that they run into, the lower your credibility drops. So in the SEO world, there's this concept of something called domain authority. And it's something that was created by Moz. And domain authority is basically the score that, even though it's not from Google, it's from Moz, but the score that Google or search engine would give you on a scale of zero to 100. A good score for a small business website is about 15. A good score for Walmart.com or Amazon.com or even Google Search Console is anywhere to 70, 80, 90. Okay, so it's really difficult to get those really high scores if you're not a huge corporation. But technical SEO, fixing broken links, increasing the number of words on your page, making sure that every page has a title, that it has a description. Those are the things that show Google that, hey, someone knows what they're doing here. 
this is a legitimate domain on the internet that we can confidently recommend to other people. So that's the low-hanging fruit. I second that. And I would say to help you start thinking through like where you want to go and what you want to be ranking for and what you want to show up for is to actually think through who are you? How are you helping people? Who are your people? What do you want to be known for? If you can think through those things, that will help point you in the right direction to then do keyword research, to then create an SEO strategy, but definitely start with technical SEO and then think through, okay, this is where I'm at. Where do I want to go? Yeah. And that's also reassuring too, because of course, like I'm an overachiever, kind of slightly more type A than I'd like to admit to. So you give me a score from one to a hundred and what am I going to do? I'm going to aim for a hundred. So it's really reassuring to know that like most other small business, most other people that are playing in my area that are not at Walmart hovering around 15. Cool. I can aim for 15. That seems a lot less intimidating. It is. Yeah. And that was one of the thoughts that I had when we started learning about SEO. I was like, yeah. Okay. So now that you've heard us tell you what we know and Mm. what we think, why don't you create your own path? Tell us Mm. what you're going to do or what in a perfect world, if you could, what is your path? I think this is all super timely because I'm in the middle of pivoting. It's only slightly, but like repositioning my service offering from being about teaching marketing to being about teaching communications. And so technical audit seems like the first step to go to fix the the broken links. I know for a fact I don't have titles and descriptions on most of my pages because it's just never something I even thought about. So yeah, those seem like good first steps. And I was already in process of figuring out a pre-launch plan to help grow the email list and attract more of these people that were interested in solving these problems to me. So it's all super timely. I love that. That was a good question, Crystal. Yeah. Thank you. That's a little bit I know. Of that. Put me on the spot. Like yeah. a little bit of the gears burning, but it's uh-huh. happening. It's good. Yeah. Okay. We do want to, of course, point people toward you. So where can people go and find you on the interwebs? It's permission to kick butt.com, but it's not butt. It's the other word. There you go. It's and so we'll have sweet. the link. Yeah. Yeah. I learned recently because Crystal told me that even if there's one swear word on a podcast, like it marks the whole thing as yeah. explicit. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? Really? Yeah, the link will be yep. down below. <laughs> Mine's got that designation, but I use a lot of fun sweary words. Sometimes f bombs just make the point that you need to make so they eloquently. Do. So <laughs> they do. I agree. Yeah, but definitely all of Angie's stuff is going to be in the show notes. Go find her. Go follow her. She's got some really cool stuff coming out. Some stuff I know about. Some stuff I don't know that I know about. But it's going to be awesome. We'll see you next time on the Simple and Smart SEO Show podcast. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. If you like this info, subscribe before you go so you never miss out on something related to SEO. (laughs) See you next time.